Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Good, doing good. How many of y'all know next week is Easter weekend? You guys know that? So we have a huge weekend plan for, for our church family, and not just for our church family, not here in Phoenixville and on, in Montgomeryville and a few of you that watch online, but for our community. And so uh, the message of Easter is important to every person on, on this planet. And so uh, Easter is is a Super Bowl Sunday for us. And so we are going to celebrate all weekend. And so we have a country, uh, music, festival, night, theme, whatever you want to call it. I hate it, but Friday night. And so I'm going to be here because I have to. And so uh, and we're going we're gonna, to, something different this year, we're not going to preach the same message five, five different times. We're going to follow the story of Jesus uh, day by day. So we're going to start at the cross. I want to talk to you about what Jesus did for you on, on Friday night. On Saturday, I'm going to talk to you, uh, we're going to have a rock and roll theme. I'm going to talk to you where Jesus w- went for you, where he went for you. And uh, Sunday, we're going to talk about why it's important to you, no matter who you are. And Friday night, uh, country, Saturday night, little rock and roll. Anybody coming to rock and roll night? Little rock, little rock, rock and roll, airbrush tattoos for your kids, full sleeves on the house. And so my, my, my nine-year-old son has been asking me 51 weeks, 51 weeks. God, when are we, or dad, what, God, God, when, dad, when are we doing airbrush tattoos again? Next week's the week. And so if your kid needs a, needs a sleeve, come next week. He asked me this year, he said, can I get a face tattoo? He legit, he was like, I want to get mom on my face someday. I'm like, do it, man, do it, right? And so... Go ahead. And, and, and so, man, and then Sunday morning, gospel all day long. We got choir. We, we got, we got, we got a, a, a coffee truck coming. We got all sorts of cool stuff. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. I, I want to encourage you, get your tickets. How many of you have not got your tickets yet? How many of you have not got your tickets? Don't raise your hand, right? Don't, don't own that. Don't own your failure. And so... Get your tickets. Get online right now and get them, right? Get, get online right now. Get your tickets. You can come as many times as you want. We just want to have enough, enough seating in our house to make sure we can accommodate every person. We have Easter egg hunts all weekend for your kids. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. We're going to end our sermon series today called Parenting Parents, Parenting Parents. And so honestly, we could take this sermon series on for a long time. We could continue to learn from how God parented Jesus and apply it to our lives. And, and parenting is kind of a moving target. Your, your kids can continue to change and evolve, and you try to figure it out. You think you got it locked up. They change. You got to make an adjustment. It's a, it's a full-time job. Anybody else agree with me? Like, you, you think it's hard when they're little, then they get older, and they turn into teenagers, and you're just trying to figure it out. And so I found that we could preach this sermon series for, for many, many, many months, and we don't have time for that. And so today I want to talk to you about something, and no pun intended, but that I think is going to be very timely. And so I want to talk to you on the topic of, of time, the significance of, of time. If I had a, a title for my message, the title of my message would be, as a parent, your most important investment. If I had a second title, it would be, or your greatest regret. Your most important investment or your greatest regret. Someday you're going to be either say, I'm glad I did or I wish I had. Your greatest investment or, or your biggest regret. I don't know about you, but as a parent, regret seems to be part of it. 
No matter how many times I hear a message on time, I still waste time. Anybody else? No matter how many messages I hear. So here's the thing about this message. This message is probably going to be a little convicting, but the point is to hear it and then do something. The, the Bible says to have eyes to see and ears that would listen to the word of God, then allowing you to go apply it to your life, therefore seeing change and impact. And this is one of those messages that if you apply it, it will impact your life, not only if you're a parent, but in any and every avenue of your life. You ever heard the statement or said the statement when somebody's done something to you, said something to you, you ever say the statement, well, that was a little late. That's a little late. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was a young, young kid, so I'll talk a lot about different things in church, and uh, if you've been to church here for a long time, you know I don't like cats. You guys tracking, you guys know that. And so I feel like you're not allowed to say you don't like something if you never had it, right? And so like when I make fun of Boyertown, I'll say stuff about Boyertown. Sometimes people, I think, get offended. I'm from Boyertown. So you can make fun of a place that you're from. If you've never been there, don't you say a word about Boyertown, right? Don't you do it, right? And so, uh, right? And so it's like your little brother. You can mess with your little brother all you want. If somebody else messes with your little brother, you beat them up. You tracking with me? And so I can talk about cats because I had a cat growing up. And so, and, and we didn't have it for a long period of, period of time. Actually, in my memory bank, I have no idea when it arrived. It just arrived one day in our house. We got this cat given to us. My parents were pastors. I'm sure somebody was giving it away and, you know, had a sob story and they adopted it in, like God adopts you into his family and all, you know. And so we, all of a sudden one day in our townhouse across from Boyertown High School on Fort, I think it was on Fourth Avenue, I walked into my house and there was a cat named Monty, Monty. And uh, he, he was pretty cool. I remember him being a black and white cat, kind of long hair, always landed on his feet. That's a really cool fact about, we, we, we figured that out by playing catch with him and, and, and had no clue. Claws, and so he was declawed, which some cat owners think is inhumane, and I think it's smart, right? Because they can't hurt you then. And so, and, and he was just, cats were just weird to me. Like he, there was times I would be in a room and he would just be looking at me, and I knew he was thinking I would eat you if I could. <laughs> Anybody else realize, like, it's, it's a lion, right? This is a baby lion. It's sitting in your, and so he, he just, you know, we had this cat. I don't have a lot of memories with him. He came and he went, and I'm not sure, really sure when he left. It didn't have a sad moment, and so I had a couple dogs be given away, and I can remember the moment they went away in tears. I didn't cry about this cat. It was, it, it was there, and then it left, uh, but one day, I have this very distinct memory of, of Monty. I was walking through my townhome in Boyertown. Uh, we, had a, we had a really narrow townhome. I was walking through it, a half a double, and uh, we had, a, we had the, the living room, then a dining room, then the kitchen. I was walking from the front door to my backyard to get my huffy white heat bike, bike so that I could go on the ramps in the alley. I remember going through the, the thing and stopping and seeing Monty out of the corner of my eye on the countertop of the kitchen. I looked, and on the countertop of the kitchen was a plate of thawing chicken. I saw the cat licking the chicken, and I went, and I walked down and got my Huffy bike. I was like eight, nine years old. I don't care about, I don't care about food. I hated dinner. Anybody else remember that? Like I hated dinner time. I didn't want to come in and eat. I didn't, I didn't want to stop. I hated everything we ate. I didn't like roast. I didn't like pork chops. I didn't like chicken. I hid it in my pockets and threw it away later. Like I did the whole thing. And so I didn't care about dinner at all. I didn't think to myself, our cat is licking dinner right now. So I left and there was a rule. You have to come back at a certain time. You have dinner every night. And so I came back. My grandma was living with us at that time. She was cooking. Mom and dad were there. My brother was there. I sat down at our little table in Boyertown on 4th Avenue in our back kitchen. We sat down to eat. We started to eat, not unlike any other night where I'm kind of playing with my food. I don't really want to eat. And my mom and dad, I remember them saying, you need to eat your chicken. <laughs> That's when I remembered. 
had walked through the, the, the house a few hours earlier and saw Monty licking on the chicken. Now, they were all eating the chicken, cutting into it, eating the chicken. And I said, I had to make a decision. Do I take this to the grave and chance that my piece of chicken was not licked by Monty, right? Absolutely not. So what did I say? I said, I'm not eating that chicken. They said, why? I said, Monty was licking all over it earlier. They're like, all right. Why didn't you tell us, right? A little too late, right? It's a little too late. You ever, you ever hear something? It's just a little too late. Let me, I'm going to give you something for me that I read a few months ago that I wish I would have read a decade ago. I'm going to give you something that I read a few months ago that I've been telling every young parent that I meet that I wish that I would have read a decade ago. Read this with me. Watch this. This is 75% of the time that you'll spend with your kids in their lifetime will be spent with them by the age of 12. Let me read it to you again. I wish I knew this a decade ago because my kids are 15 and 13 and one is nine. 75% of the time that you will have the opportunity to spend with your kids will happen before the age of 12. So do you think we should probably have a better understanding of the significance of time as believers? Pa per parents, non-parents, kids are grown. It doesn't say you don't have any time with them, right? But from age 12 to however long they live and however long you live, you get 25%. 75%. Look at your neighbor. If they look like they're under the age of 30, just elbow them and say, listen. Look like a young parent, right? 75. And here's why this is so important. Because young parents, have you not heard all the time? You better enjoy it. It goes. How many times somebody said it to you, you want to punch them? Your kid's on the floor having a fit in the middle of Target. You're like, I wish it went faster, right? In fact, how much you have in your account, I will sell you them right now, right? Somebody told me one time, parenting, parenting has really slow days, really slow days, really fast years. Really so, slow days, really fast years. What's interesting, we know all that, uh, but the average family in America, together as a unit that has kids, they spend an average of 34 minutes a day together, or roughly uh, on the, the top end of the study, but about eight hours together a week, average. Eight hours. One shift of work, not even a long shift. Eight, eight hours, 34 minutes a day. What they have found is uh, when kids don't have adequate time with their parents, they don't have that bond, right, that, with their parents, that they've struggled with emotional distress, they struggle with academic per performance, they, they struggle with the dependence on social media, right, because they're not getting that time. They often exhibit negative behaviors in their life. There's just struggle there. So we hear all the time how important time is, but most of us, because of our life, we'll just let it go one ear out the other. So I started thinking about this. If we're going to talk about time, one of the things I noticed about, about God the Father and Jesus is how many times it felt like Jesus had access to the Father. That he he would, in, in different moments, in different situations, in different seasons, 
when he was facing different things, it seems like over and over and over again, he went to the Father. What it felt like is God was never too busy, too tired, too distracted, working hard for a season or needing a break. You ever been to one of those? I've perpetually been to one of those. I'm tired. I need a break. It's just a season. When I get here, then we'll spend more time. We're going to work hard just for these next few months. I'm 43. It's turned into life. And it felt like Jesus had this incredible access to his father. Never too tired. Never too. God, you know, Jesus, I have to really handle the world right now. I don't have time to deal with you. I have this problem at work, you know, over Judas is kind of acting out right now. Jesus, I don't have time. He just was, he was available. And watch what happens. I started reading into different examples of it. I just got four of them. In Matthew 14, let me just show you this one example. The Bible says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. If you don't know this story, this is the story where the Bible says, while he dismissed the crowd, when he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. He went to meet with God. Every time he, he's praying, he's spending time with, with, with his father. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind that was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. You ever hear this story? Jesus walked on water. But it's almost like the confidence that he was going to need to walk on the water was coming from the time he was spending with his father. Like, I know he's God, but he's also fully human. He might have needed to go up to God and be like, I still got this. You're still my son. So many kids I meet struggle with confidence. Why do they struggle with confidence? Maybe they don't have adequate time with their family. Maybe they don't have that, that time where people are speaking in their life. Why do so many kids run to social media? Maybe because they're constantly bombarded with questions of if they're, if they're good enough and do I measure up. And they don't have enough time with their parents to where their parents can develop confidence inside of their life. Well, watch this other, this other instance. I love this. In Mark 1, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went up to a solitary place where he prayed. Once again, early in the morning, spending time with the Father. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Everyone needs you. There's pressure that you have to meet. Where does he go? Where does he go? What does he need? He needs rest, and he needs strength. Where does he find it? With the Father. They, they found that, that, that kids that have ample time with, the, with their parents actually sleep better. You remember that? Like sometimes I go to my parents' house and uh, even as 43 years old, I'll go there. I just fall asleep. Anybody else? My wife's like, you're being rude. I'm like, no, I'm not the boss here. It's awesome. <laughs> I just lay. I don't even sit in a chair in the house. I just lay on their floor. Just, just lay out. I don't, I've laid in front of their TV for 43 years, right? Can you give me a blanket, mommy? Can you heat it up for me, right? And so I don't care. I feel, I just, I feel home. There's a gift when, when, you're, when you spend, when your, your, parent, your kids just come in and they just, I find rest and I find strength. In Luke 9, the Bible says Jesus was praying in private with, 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 with the Lord and his disciples were with him. So he asked them, who do people say? that I am. I don't know if Jesus is struggling with his identity or not, but there's, there's, there's application there. Because he spends so much time with the Father, he knows who he is. 
He knows that he's called. He knows what he's headed to. He knows what he's called to. He knows he's here for a reason. His identity, right? Well, watch this next one. I love this one in Luke 22. We're going to talk about Jesus going to the cross next week. But before he goes to the cross, before he goes on trial, he goes and prays, right? The Bible says he went out to his, as usual to the Mount of Olives, to the Garden of Gethsemane. His disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw away. So let's just say that the writer of this is athletic, about 300 yards away, right? He knelt down and he prayed. And what's happening? In difficult times. In difficult times. Why is it when our, when our kids get to be teenage years and they start going through problems that we knew were big deal problems to us, but now we're adults and we're like, that's a stupid problem. Just get over it. Why do we push them away instead of sitting with them and say, man, I remember being like that. I remember when that first girl broke my heart. It felt so bad, but it was just a setup for God to work a miracle. She's over there. Look at her. That's your mom, right? I remember what it felt like to get cut from that team. I remember what it feels like to, to, for your friends not to talk to you at school. Why, why are we not more accessible to, to, to our kids in difficult times? It felt like God was never too busy. He was never too unfocused. He was never too far. He, he, he was never in a stressful season. He was never too overwhelmed like Jesus knew I could go to, to my father. There's significance in time. In fact, the Bible says this, and this is probably one of the most important verses when it comes to time. Because here's the problem with, with time is no matter how much I talk about it and how, you, how much you know about it, if you don't understand it, you're just going to ruin it and waste it and you're not going to get more of it. Did you know that? I wish I could. I wish I could have prayed to God, worked it out, got us all an extra hour of time this week. You're not going to get more time, and so you've got to figure out how to handle it differently. This is why the Bible says in Ephesians 5, be very careful how you live then. Be very careful, not as unwise, but as wise. Be, be careful. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You ever feel that? Feels like they're just taken from you. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let me just give you a few, a few thoughts. I'm going to start with three. These are applicable to everyone. And then I'm going to end with two that are as kind of an add-on to what you'll get in your kids' lives if you apply time the right way. The first three, no matter who you are, you need to listen to these, right? Number one is this, is time is the only thing in your life that's priceless. You can't get more of it. Did you know that? No matter how successful you get, you can't buy more of it. You can't have more. No matter how hard you work, how many promotions you get, you know, you can't have a conversation with the big guy up, you know, I'm pay a little bit more money. Can I get a little, a little more time? Can I get a, can you slow this down a little bit for me? Can you, it is the one thing in your life that is absolutely priceless. In fact, every time I preach this, this sermon, I always think to myself, I use the same joke, the same illustration, because I can't figure, figure out anything better. But for the new people in this room, when I think about time, I always tell people, I'm a magician. Did you know that? I do, on the side, I do that. You want to hire me for your kid's party? It's fine. We can, we can work out the details. And so I'm a magician. Magician. And I'm going to take something from you right now without you even not noticing it. Ready? Hey. I took it. You know what I took from you? And I'm currently taking from you? About 37 seconds of your life. I just wasted it with this stupid joke. 
You're never, ever getting this back again. You're like, I know, so get on with the point. <laughs> ever. You ever think that sometimes? I'm never getting this back again. I got to be with these people. I do sometimes. I got to do this. I got to listen to this story again. I got to hear this again. Time is something in your life that is absolutely priceless. And here's the thing about Satan. He loves, he loves to get us to waste things in our lives. He loves to get us to waste potential. He loves to get us to live in sin. He loves to imprison us in our shame. And if he can't do any of those things, some of you walking in freedom right now in all those areas, let me tell you something else he loves. He loves to make you busy. He loves to watch Christians because here's the thing about, about Christians. Christians, we, 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 we are straight laced when it comes to politics, sexual identity, orientation, teaching, education. Like you get on people, people's things, right wing this and going this way. And we're, we're, we're aligned and all that stuff. As soon as you start talking about time to Christians, they're like, oh, shoot. He just, just doesn't understand what, I, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing and dealing with in my life right now. And he doesn't understand my season. And he doesn't understand this. And he doesn't understand that. And we'll say stuff like this. He don't understand how busy I am as if busy is a badge of honor. As if you're out there saving the world right now. How, how come you're so busy? Well, I'm working at the pharmaceutical company right now. And I'm healing, you know, COVID still. <laughs> when you ask somebody why they're busy, why are you busy? You know, I, I do like these fantasy leagues, and I spent eight hours yesterday playing video games, you know, with somebody from Europe, right? And so it was our best friend anniversary, and uh, I got work, but, but I got to work a lot of jobs because I got things at my house I got to pay for with money that I don't really have to impress people I don't even know. We say it like a badge of honor, like it's in the Bible somewhere, like there's a, there's a book on busy. Like it's in Leviticus somewhere, it has to be, right? It talks about clothes in there, it has to talk about how busyness is good, like the Bible ever talks about. You know what God loves? God loves a busy heart, right? A busy hands. He loves when you just keep moving and you never rest and you just kind of waste your life. And I just got to tell you, time in your life is the one thing that is priceless. In fact, the Bible says this of Satan, the thief, because that's what he's doing. He's coming in and stealing. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Think about it. When somebody dies in your life, when you lose somebody close, when, 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 when you have somebody that, man, you wish you could, you, could, you could be with them one more time, what do you say? I wish I would have had a little bit more what? Every time. Think about a parent, older parent, they're not here anymore. You say, I wish I had one more time to hear their voice. You don't even talk about something you did with them. You're not like, oh, I want to go to one more game with them. Like, I just want to hear their laugh one more time, right? Like, my kids are going to be out of the house, and I, my, my, my youngest son, he asked me a few, weeks, a few months ago, he said, Dad, can I get a little basketball hoop for my, for my room, right? Can I get a little basketball hoop? Which we, we've done all this already. I thought I was out of this, right? But I don't, want, I don't want to ruin his childhood, so I'm going to get it, but it's right over where we watch TV. And so now you eat this all, all night long. He goes upstairs, you hear, there's dust coming from the thing, Comes down, gets a drink, dumps it on things, run back. Stop! Why? I'm watching TV! It's in Leviticus somewhere, right? What am I going to say someday? I just want to hear that one more time. 
I want to hear that pitter-patter. I want to wipe up this, 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 this handprint up this white stairway just one more time. I just love it. <laughs> just love it, right? And it, it's just the one thing. It's, it's, it's the one thing I can't get more of. It's priceless. Here's a couple other thoughts about, about it. In, in Psalms 90, it says, it says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So here's what you do. When you number, you're like, okay, how do I do that? Today is day number what? One. This is one 930 service. <laughs> Today is day number one. Why? You ain't going back. You don't know what's in the future. You don't know how many days you got, but what do you have today? You got one. So day, day's one. What's tomorrow? Day what? No, it's day one still. It's day one. If you get to live to June, it's the middle of the summer. You got all these things going on. You get, God gives you the grace and the mercy to give there. And you get up for vacation. It's Monday. It's day what? It's day one. It's, it's, you get one chance. One chance. One chance to get up with your kids in the morning. One chance to go through teenage years with them. Thank you, God. One chance, right? You get one chance. It's priceless. It's priceless. Let me give you a few more thoughts. Number two is this. Here's the thing about it, though. You have to spend it, and this is going to be hard because some of you are serious savers. I do Simba's tests a lot, which is pre-marriage counseling, and I laugh because it's always, people are always different. Usually it'll be like, do you have a budget? And one person will be like, I did, but I didn't stick to it. And then there's always the one that's like, yes, and I religiously follow it. I'm like, I love this. You guys are going to fight the rest of your life, right? And then it'll say, are you a saver or a spender? In most relationships, one person's a saver and one person's fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And I, I, listen, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. I'm a financial peace guy. I, I believe in saving and investing and thinking about the, about the future. But the Bible says, teach us to number our days. What's, what's today? It's one. See, we have this whole understanding. Okay, I'm going to save it. I'm, I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I'm working hard right now. I'm saving. I'm saving. I'm saving up time. I'm saving up memories. I'm saving up experiences. I'm saving. Someday I'm going to give my kids that really good vacation. Someday we're going to do that. Someday we're going to stop. Someday I'm going to slow down. Some, someday. Someday. It's not today, right? They're little right now, but someday when they, when they get a little older, we're going to give them that memory. We're going to go to Disney World someday. So, someday we're going to go to a game. We're going to go to a football or baseball game. Someday we'll do it. Some, someday in the future we're, we're going to do this, right? But right now I'm saving up. Right now I'm, I'm planning for the future. Right now, I'm building my nest egg. Right now, I'm making sure they have a better tomorrow than they do today. How many days you get you promised? In fact, just so you know that that's a biblical concept, let me read you a passage in James chapter 4 that is probably the most convicting passage on time for Americans specifically because we are planning everything out. Watch what the Bible says in James 4. Now listen, you who say, and by the way, the reason he wrote this is because in that time, Christian days were numbered. At any time, you could be taken, persecuted, and crucified. I've been reading a book on it. At any time, you could be stoned. You could lose. And so they, every day they had to them, they were living on borrowed time. And so it, one, watch what he says. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Sounds like us, right? Why do you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, he says. 
What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. Here's my question. What is the good God is calling to you right now, one day? What are the things you always say? When I get here, then I'll do this. When I, when I get here, then I do this. When I get a little bit more money, then we'll go here. When, I, when we get a little bit more time, we'll go on that vacation together. For us, it's been, when we, when we get slow, slow, slow down just a little bit, when we get a little bit more, more quality time, when we're able to rest a little bit, then we'll go out and see our sister-in-law in Colorado and see God's, God's country, right? We'll see real mountains. Then we'll do this someday, right? Someday we're going to do this. Someday we'll get around to this, and all of a sudden I turn. I'm 43 years old. My kids are 15. My kid is knocking on the door of exit in my home. He's knocking on the door. I, 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 I real, I'm like, man, he is closer to adulthood than he is to kidhood. You can't save it. You got to spend it. You got to spend it. Here, here's number three. Number three is really important. You can do one of two things with spending it. You can waste it or you can invest it. So I'm like, I'll spend it. Okay, great, right? Everybody got that kid. You give him 20 bucks. What'd you get? Vending machine, cheese curls, mouth salt orange, right? How many bags? It was, you know, three for 20, dad, right? Not a good investment, son, right? You said spend it in your sermon, right? You got to spend it. Here's what. You can either waste it or you can invest it. Time is your greatest. This is why it's so important. Time is your greatest investment into your kids' lives that you can make. Time is the greatest. You ever have this epiphany when you're a, kid, a parent? You wasted all this time, all this money, all these finances. All, you wrapped all these presents, and your kids are little enough. They open up the presents. They want to play with the box. Or, or, or you ever take your kids on a really expensive trip, really expensive vacation, and their memories are not even of the actual vacation? Right? Hey, Dad, remember when we were driving down to Myrtle Beach that one time, and you were driving, and that person cut you off? Remember what you said, Dad? <laughs> no. Right? I remember, we, we, so many things with, with my kids, so many, so many memories I've tried to make, right? Give them, you know, good memories, make sure they, they have very little to tell their counselor someday, right? Like all this stuff. And a few years ago, my wife went away to a women's conference, and I took my boys, it was, it was a, a, a Thursday night, and she went away, and I said, hey, when mom goes away, we're going to go to Giant. And we went to Giant, and I said, you can pick whatever you want for dinner, whatever you want, right? You can't tell mom. And they picked all this junk food out. One of them picked a big tub of cheese balls. I remember I was, I was like, I'm so proud of you right now. And we, <laughs> we watched movies and we played video games outside. And they still talk about that. It cost barely any money because everything that we bought was cheap that night, right? And I'm just like, time is, is the greatest investment you can make into your kids' lives. You can either waste it. So many of us are wasted. We're, we waste our life on moments that don't matter. You ever think about that? Moments that, things that you're worried about today, I guarantee you in three months you won't even be thinking about. 
And how many times do you allow what you're worried about today that is not a big deal to take you away from the little people that are right in front of you? From the moments that you have to distract you. How many times do you get online and just scroll through? They say the average parent in America spends close to nine hours a day on their phone not working. Nine hours a day. So hold on, hold on, son. I'm updating my fantasy, right? I have six Phillies on my team. It's not looking good. Just hold on. I'll be right there. Hey, dad, can we play? In a second, I got to go out and I got to mow. I'm already thinking about that. Spring's coming. What does spring mean if you own a yard? Work. You got there and you pressure wash a deck that nobody ever sits on. You cut lines in a yard that nobody cares about except for your other friends that are just as dumb as you are, right? You spend time focusing on things that honestly, in 50 years, nobody's going to care about. What do you tell your kids? In a moment, I'm doing the important thing, son. And you either waste it or invest it. Here's what happens when you invest, because here's the problem with so many parents. Uh, We, we, our kids get to, because you ever read the thing, I'll be like, you have 18 summers with your kids. No, you have about 12 and then, and then they, start to, they, start to, they start to grow and change. Then you get teenage, teenage parents or, or teenagers and parents. And, you know, we, we kind of freak out when they turn. Are they going to be okay? And, you know, where's, where, where, where's your kid? Oh, they've been in the room for six days, right? They come out when they, they need light and, and breathe. And they go back in, right? And it feels like they don't want to spend time with us. And some of you have older kids. And it's like, you know, they don't think they want, they're really busy. I'm just telling you, your kids are never, are never too old and too busy to want to hear from you. A kid never gets too old to not want to hear I'm proud of you from his parents. Never. I mean, even older people that your parents have passed on, you, you would love to hear one more time, I'm really proud of the person you've become. So here's what happens. You, you, you start to see your kid grow. You're like, I want to, I want to, make, sure, I want to make sure I'm using my time wisely. I want to, I want to make sure I'm, and I'm, I just want to give you two things as I close that, that it will buy you. That if you use it right, that, that, that time, if you see it right, will buy you in your life, specifically with your, with your kids, specifically with your kids. And so if you're a parent, this second part is for you. Two things that time, time will do. Number one is time does what I call build, builds credit, builds, builds credit, right? As they get older, as you get older, everything is about your credit score, right? Everything. Nobody even knows how it works. You get into more debt, your credit score goes up. Makes no sense. You pay off a credit card, your score dropped 50 points. You're like, Forget you, FICA, right? <laughs> but I want to tell you how to build credit with your kid, right? Build credit. Credibility. How do you build credibility? It's time. Time is a credit builder with your kids. Time, time is your greatest chance to influence your child's life. It's time. Kids, in fact, they spell love, what? T-I-M-E. They spell love time. The best way to educate your child is to spend quality time with them. Here's why. Here's why. Oftentimes, like, I'm worried about my kid being influenced, all these other things. I don't Your kid's watching you. Your kid's watching you. They're being influenced by you. You ever watch your kid do something from a distance to be like, where'd they learn that? And you're like, shoot, it's me. They watch you. Time, time builds credit with your kids. Let me just give you one more, one more thought. Not only does it build credit, but it deposits importance. And here's, here's the final thought that, that I had as I was studying the life of Christ. Why, why, 
Why was God so accessible to Jesus, and why is God so accessible to us? And that's a good question. He's like, did you ever think that? Like, literally, I can stop what I'm doing, and I can pray, and the Bible says that God is listening. God. At any moment in my life, I can be busy, busy, busy going and be like, oh, no, I forgot about God. And God is responsive to me, and here's why. Is when you give a kid time, there is nothing more impactful and beneficial to their life. When they go, man, my parent wants to spend time with me. You know what is almost the biggest detriment to the health of a kid? When, when they're raised in an environment where it's like the parent is like annoyed by them all the time. I don't want you around. You're annoying. You smell weird. You eat nonstop. You never clean up after yourself. You ever been in an environment like that where, where you know Nobody wants you around. You ever feel that, that weight? It changes you. So I think, I think God was trying to show us, like, no matter when Jesus needed, God, God was there. It's such a confidence builder. It, 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 it's such an insurance, assurance maker. Like, my father, my mother, they want to be with me. They, they care about me. They're, they're thinking about me. Man, there's, a, there's an assurance there in your life. And so I'm just telling you, if you want if you want to have influence in your kids' lives, if you want to build credit in their life, if you want to, want to have a seat at their table, something like, I can't free, free, figure out my kids. They're crazy right now. Well, how much time have you spent with them? Well, they don't want to spend time with me. You're right, because they're teenagers. You just go into the room and say, hey, we're going to breakfast. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. Dad, I'm so tired, right? No, no, I want to spend time with you. How you doing? What's this girl you're talking to? What's her name? What's she all about? What's she look like? Is she pretty? Does she know Jesus? <laughs> when you think about marrying her, do you have a job? What's your plan? Right? How's baseball going? How's, how's school going? What, what's going on? And you're just, you're, built, you're building, you're building influence. Some of you have older kids and you've been waiting for your phone to ring. You're like, I'm not going to call. I don't want to bother them. And they're on the other line just wishing you would call. Just pick up your phone. Hey, 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 this is, this is only one day. This is only one day. I only get one day. There's things I should have been doing a long time ago, but I haven't, but God's given me enough grace. You just pick up that phone and you call them. Some of you, you, you say, hey, you want to go, go to brunch? We haven't been to brunch for a long time. Hey, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, can we set up a time to meet together? I promise you right now, every kid wants access to their parents. Every kid. Every kid looks for that phone call. Every kid. So here's the thing. Time is important. What, what is it? It's priceless. You have to do what? What do you got to do, second service? You got you to spend it. You can either waste it or you can invest it. In your kids' lives, it builds credit and it earns influence. It builds credit and it earns influence. And here's the thing. Nobody is going to make you use time the way God is telling you to use it except for you. This, our culture is out of a line. Do you ever have out of a line car tires? You hit stuff? I hit stuff all the time. I'm like, it's fine. I have a good mechanic, right? And you got to just realign your life. I just got to realign. How, how many days How many days you promise? How many days you promise? Just, 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 just today. He just gave you today. You have a couple hours after this is over. You got a half a day, right? Just going to go home. I'm going to do the things I was supposed to do. If I was honest, I was just going to lay around, go to sleep, spend time watching TV, catch up on a show that doesn't matter. Instead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time with my kids. I'm going to play with them a little bit, maybe go out in the yard, maybe teach them something, maybe give them a phone call, maybe take them out to lunch, maybe go to brunch, maybe get some chocolate chip, peanut butter, pancakes. Maybe do something with them. Let, let, me, let me just have a phone, whatever it looks like. 
God, I want to reestablish the understanding and the significance of time. Would you stand to your feet? And would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Here's another thing about time that, that's, that's, that's very, very interesting. Is uh, a lot of times, even with God, we'll be like, yeah, I got more time. I got more time. I got more time. I, 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 I'll, I'll do this next week. I'll get my affairs right next week. I'll, I'll, I'll make the right decisions next week. I'll make the phone call next week. I'll, 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 I'll listen to the sermon next week. I'll apply it next week. And I just, I'm just, I want to caution you against that. If there's anything I've learned in my 43rd year of life, my 43rd year, so 42, 43, the last, the last year and a half, is life is fleeting. It's the weirdest thing. I've seen more people's lives dramatically flip upside down, more people lose their life, more unexpected death, more parents pass away, like all these things. Like I've, I've passed her long enough to now kind of sit close to both, both life and death. I spent the first decade of my pastoral career a lot of times with life, watching people have babies, parents were young, young enough, not a lot of death going on, but I'm telling you now, I spend just as much time dealing with death as I do life, and I'm going to tell you, life is fleeting. It's fleeting. When James says you're here for a moment, then you're gone, he's not lying, he's being truthful. And it's one of those ones, when it happens, we're shocked. We're shocked. Sometimes we're even mad. We're like, God, it's not fair. And God's like, since when do we play fair? The fact that I have a relationship with you and sent my son to the cross to die for you is completely unfair to me and unfair to you. Because if I were to give you fair treatment, the Bible says that you would be dead in your sins. So God doesn't promise you a long life. He doesn't promise you many, many days. He promises you now. He's given you this moment. Some of you, he's done everything in his power to set this up. You're wasting your life. You're saying, hey, when I get to this point, then I'll change. I'll reevaluate. I'll look at my life. I'll, I'll make the necessary adjustments. But this message is, is getting to you. This message is getting to you. The word of God is piercing, the Bible says. It pierces, it's like a double-edged sword. It pierces us to our soul. It opens us up. It reveals who we really are. So some of you are sitting not only in your habits, but in your thoughts. You see yourself in this, in this message. You see yourself wasting time, specifically, specifically in your relationship with God. That's where it starts. Because you're not going to be a good parent until you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Only, only then can you give out the grace that you need because you've received the grace from him. And some of you have been, uh, man, when, when I get older, I'll get my, 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 my life, you know, established with God. I'll, I'll make the decision. I'll follow him fully. I got, got some things I got to do. And I'm just telling you, you're not promised. You're not promised that. And so you do what you should do today. You let tomorrow worry about itself. You handle what you should handle today. Here's my question. How many in this place, you've been waiting for a better time, better time to follow God, better time to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, a better time to say yes to him, a, a, a more convenient time, a time that makes sense. I can tell you that time's now. It's now. It's now. 
Today is a gift. And the gift of salvation is at your doorstep. The gift of love, the gift of mercy, the gift, the gift of grace. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks. If you would say yes, he would come in. He would forgive you, he would heal you, and he would make you whole. He's done everything to get to you. Is the time right to say yes to him? I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. That, that, that's, that's the first step. That's the first step to understanding time. That's the first step to walking in peace. That, that's the first step to having a purpose in your life. That's the first step to being filled with joy. That, that's the first step to having a purpose. That's the first step to living with confidence. It's giving my life to Jesus Christ. This is my time. This is my moment. I'm not making any more excuses. I'm not pushing it off one more second. Today, Jesus Christ is going to be my Lord and Savior. So here's my question. If you're here, if you're in Montgomeryville, if you're watching online, and as I'm speaking, you know I'm speaking to you. You don't even understand it, actually. You don't even buy into all this. Somebody invited you, and man, you don't really know why you came, but they just kept bugging you, and you finally came. And you're here right now. And some of this you heard before, but it never makes sense. And some of it you've never heard before. But the situation is still that it feels like God is speaking right to you right now. And you know it's your time. I don't want to live one more second without Jesus Christ. What do you do? Die on a cross for your sins. Be placed in a tomb. And the Bible says on the third day that he rose in power, he defeated both death and hell. And it's through him that you have your sins forgiven and you become a brand new person. But the Bible says all have to call on him. That means you. Nobody else can make this decision but you. I need to call on Jesus Christ right now. I need him to be my Lord and Savior. It's my time. It's my moment. I'm not pushing it off anymore. If that's you all over to our houses and you would say, Pastor, you're speaking to me right now. I don't even fully comprehend or understand it, but I know that God is working in my life, and today I want to respond to Jesus Christ with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed, front to back, side to side. If that's you at all of our houses, and you would say, hey, you're speaking to me, Pastor, I'm going to ask you to do something, a little bit of courage, a little bit of a lack of care, who's beside you, don't worry about it, it's between you and God. Hey, that's me, I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior right now. Come on, all over our houses, unashamedly. That's me, would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, it's my time, it's my time. I see a hand right here, I see another hand right here. It's my time, it's my time, it's my time. I see a bunch of hands up here in the, in the bleachers or anybody else. Hands back here to my left, yes. Another hand right here, yes. If you're in Montgomeryville, would you just keep your hand held high? Let's keep clapping for them, church. Maybe you're online and you would just type in the chat, that's me, that's me, that's me. Here's what I want you to do. Maybe you've never prayed before. Praying is like talking to a friend. It's nothing profound, nothing super religious, no big words. Maybe say something like this all over our houses. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that you've given me today to hear your word. Today, Jesus, I turn my life over to you. I believe in what you did for me on that cross. And Jesus, I also believe that on the third day that you rose from the dead, and it's through you that my sins are forgiven, and I'm a brand new person. Today's a, do, a new day. I'm loved. I have joy. Come on, say it. I have joy 
I'm filled with peace. I have purpose. My future is bright. Jesus, thank you for this day. And now all over this house, we just, we just, right now, we just focus on you, Jesus. The Bible says you're the author and perfecter of our time, of our faith, Lord. Lord, those of us that are parenting right now, Lord, we know, we know, we know over and over and over again, people tell us how fast it goes, how much work it is, how, 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 how you'll miss it someday. And Lord, we know so many times that we neglect it, we miss it. Uh, we, we, we let that go in one ear, out the other. But Lord, the word of God right now is filled with wisdom in our life. It tells us to value time. It tells us, Lord, that we can't, we can't save it. We have to spend it, but Lord, we can invest it in a way that impacts our kids' lives forever. And so, Lord, right now we focus on that. Lord, I pray right now that somebody in this place would begin in their life right now to make a, what we would call a to-don't list. We always have to-do lists, but I want us to think about things in our lives that we need to stop doing right now so that we can actually focus on the things that are important. There's hobbies, there's friendships we need to stop, there's, 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 there's commitments that we need to say no to, Lord, so that we can focus on what's really important in our lives, and we know someday we're going to say we're glad we did or we wish we had. Lord, I thank you, Father, for all you've done through this sermon series, Lord, through your word. Would you build stronger families? Would you build stronger kids? Ultimately, would you build a stronger church? Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for this. In your name we pray all over our houses. Let's shout amen together. Let's clap together one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.